Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, the podcast that explores Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. It's Sunday while we're recording. Yep. We have had church. Mm-hmm. We had a members meeting. Yep. And uh, and now we're hanging out. Yeah. Here gonna, we are. We're going to chop it up, talk about some stuff. See or what, just one uh, thing. Yeah. Well, one thing comprised of... Multiple stuff. things? Okay. Yeah. One one thing that's things. Yeah. Because huh. everything is made up of things. Yeah, yeah. How are you doing? I'm tired. Yeah, you look tired. Mm. Yeah, but that's because I'm old. Yeah. I just look, I have bags under my eyes all the time now. And uh, and you always look cranky. Yeah, well, because I am always cranky, so that's appropriate. Yeah. You know. I, uh, no, we had um, one, of our, uh, one of our people passed away suddenly, unexpectedly, last Sunday. Uh, a legit godly awesome man mm. <laughs> steve titus steve was the man i mean one of those honestly like we know a lot of people it's a privilege it was a privilege to know steve so yeah um steve passed suddenly unexpectedly uh before church on sunday and um so obviously their family is walking through that. Everybody's coming into town mm-hmm. and we had the honor of, uh, you know, facilitating the funeral and all of that. It was fantastic. And man, they had a huge turnout of people from yeah. all over the place. Oh yeah. To, to well, I think it's a, it's a testimony, right? To yeah. uh, the impact that Steve had, mm-hmm. the love that he garnered uh, and that he gave to others. He was admi- gen- genuinely admired by yeah. lots of people. It was hard not to admire him. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it, one of the things that like stood out to me was that, um, like some people, there's a lot of people that are good at things and he was talented and good at mm-hmm. his jobs, mm-hmm. his vocations, mm-hmm. but he was also good. Like he was a good man, a godly mm-hmm. man in mm-hmm. character. Everybody recognized it and everybody loved him. So yes, uh, can't wait to hang out with Steve, uh, in paradise for all eternity. For now we mourn his loss, but, uh, so yeah, that makes made for a busy weekend for everybody. And especially for the family, of course, yeah. and going through all of that. So it was, a. it's been, it's been a full weekend, but now we're started off this, the Lord's day and going to ease into the evening after some fofo time yeah gonna relax after this actually this is this is me relaxing yeah, this is pretty relaxing this is good gonna yeah. have a cigar chill yeah yeah catch up catch up what hmm? oh i get it yeah it took me a moment mm-hmm. i was like uh okay yeah, yeah. you know what i do uh, i'm full of the dad jokes mm, well done mm, well done well, that's what i do you know what's not funny though oh what's not funny john MacArthur's filthy lucre Oh my goodness! What? <laughs> what kind of what kind of transition is that? What kind of transition is that? Filthy lucre. Oh goodness! What are anyway, we talking about today, Jimmy? Uh, By the way, I'm joking, everybody. Come on. So a uh, report came out uh, on the well. I what mean, kind of a report? A Roy's a report. Roy's report. <laughs> Roy's report. And so uh, uh, Julie was reporting on. It's called. It was on February third. The prosperous lifestyle of America's anti-prosperity gospel preacher. Now, we've alluded to discussing this in the yeah. past with people who've had, I can only think of one person. I still consider that clamoring. A clamoring? Yeah, there was a clamoring. <laughs> there was, people okay. were, cl- or person was person, clamoring. A person was clamoring. Yeah. Uh, just ask, hey, you know, I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. And Joe and I have discussed, and I remember, you know, when we when we saw it, we're like, we had a we had a lively discussion, we just had a you li- and me. Just you and I. And we I was were like, like, dang we, it, yeah, we, I know, that. we got we to gotta discuss this because, you know, uh, you know, 
we, we think one of things. us is more right than the other. Oh, here we go. I, Joe, before we were recording, said, <laughs> I was like, I think, I think we're pretty close on our on our thoughts. Yeah, I, I think yeah, there's totally. a, a couple of things that are nuanced yeah. here. And, and Joe's like, well, I do have, I've been thinking about this for many years in my experience. And so I'm right. You're wrong. You need to just listen to me. And agree. And agree Not just with listen. You. you have to agree. I, I have to agree yeah, with you. That's, okay. That, okay. I've earned that. You've earned that yeah. because of your age. Yes. When you're, when you're this old. I'm, I'm just supposed to yeah. go ahead and just take whatever you say mm -hmm. as gospel. That's right. Good. Fair. Fair enough. <laughs> well, I don't think that's going to be happening. So, Joe, this 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 report and this this whole article is. Um, well, it's a lot of things. It's interesting uh, on one level um, because, of course, it's. Uh, it's uh, potentially scandalous to some people that a pastor would have a lot of money. Um, now, this isn't actually new news to most of us. I mean, like, I don't know. I feel like I've known for years and years that MacArthur is a successful author uh, yeah. who also runs a parachurch ministry and is yep. a pastor of a large church. So I've known that he has dough. He has a lot of dough. Um, and so that, that's, that's not necessarily a surprise, nor is it necessarily a problem no. that a pastor would. Now, one of the things, Jimmy, that you were, you know, you were wanting us to talk about mm -hmm. um, as, as we consider like this whole issue of pastors and pay, which is a, is, which is a good issue for churches to be wrestling with, but then also how MacArthur is being treated here. It, it's, it's important, I, I think, for us to say on the front end, we're not coming after MacArthur and we're not defending MacArthur no. because we're just trying to look at the issue itself. Now, you might expect that maybe we're going to come after him a little bit because we disagree with his attitude at times or some of his or all of his dispensational ideas. Uh, or you might think that we're going to defend him because, uh, you know, he's a good conservative preacher or whatever. We're not doing that. We just want to talk about these issues. Yeah. But you were you were you were a little put off by the first couple of paragraphs, I think, of this whole thing. Yeah. Um, so the first full paragraph starts off like this. Uh, recently, uh, he. Uh, his name is John MacArthur. John MacArthur. Uh, he's also taken aim at scandal-plagued evangelical leaders like the late apologist Ravi Zacharias and former Hillsong pastor Carl Lentz, saying these celebrities were in ministry only for the money. That's why, quote, liars and frauds and false teachers, end quote, are in business. MacArthur said in a recent sermon, quote, false teachers always do it for the same reason. Filthy, lucre, lucre, lucre money, end quote. So, okay. Let, let's stop there for a second. That okay? first paragraph. Okay. Let's start, let's start there. He's calling some people out. Calling some people out. Ravi Lenz saying that they're only in this for the money. Okay. Uh, these celebrity kind of pastors are only in this for the money. Liars, frauds, false teachers. This is their business. They look at this not as a ministry, not as, as serving God's people, not as seeking to advance God's kingdom, not as right. proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. Right. Uh, but they're only in this for the money. Uh, false teachers always do it for the same reason. Filthy lucre, lucre <laughs> money. Now, Joe, let's start there. Are false teachers always doing it for the same reason? Um, I would say no. I would say clearly many false teachers are in it for the money. Uh, I will call out Benny Hinn. Um, you know, he appears, as far as I can tell, to be a guy that's in it for the money based on um, a lot of years of listening to him and trying mm -hmm. to understand where he's coming from and how what he does. And of course, the investigative reports. But there are other false teachers that are not in it for the money. They're actually in it for sex. 
um, you know, uh, some false teachers are in it. And you can see that in scripture. You can see like a lot of the false teachers moved people into sexual immorality. And that was their, that was their jam. That was their interest. Other people are in it for fame or notoriety or power. Uh, but so, yeah, it's, it's an oversimplification and maybe he's just trying to overstate it, but, um, he frequently deals in absolutes, like, you know, black yeah, and white yeah, this is the way yep. it is. But, uh, even if even if we grant that false teachers always do it for the same reason, uh, which I, okay, let's grant that. Mm -hmm. It's this next paragraph that sort of triggered you. And it go okay. So then it continues. Yet, according to financial statements and tax forms obtained by the Rose Report, John MacArthur and his family preside over a religious media and educational empire that has over 130 million in assets and generates more than 70 million a year in tax-free revenue. MacArthur and his family and related companies have been paid more than $12.8 million from ministry and donor funds, and MacArthur owns three luxury homes worth millions. Okay, it's that word yet, mm -hmm. according to the finance. That's the part that I, I think is a bit unfair. So it, to me, it looks like, uh, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm making assumptions here because I haven't talked with Julie about this, um, but there's this connection with the previous paragraph of that these celebrity pastors that are in it for the money that that macarthur has railed against yeah and yet he himself is in the same boat right so at, at best i think she she may be calling out a hypocrisy like look at how what he says about mm -hmm. them and yet he lives like this or at worst here's what he says about them and he is them right either way it doesn't really work because MacArthur is not making the point anybody who has a lot of money is a false teacher or anybody mm -hmm. who has a lot of money is living for the money. He's mm -hmm. not making that point. He's simply saying that false teachers, now you have to define false teachers, but false teachers do it for the money. That's what they're about. Just because you happen to have a lot of money doesn't mean that you've obtained it illegally, that you are mixed in your motives and it, that you are driven by a love for money. That, that's that's I, the same yeah, and that, I think that's, again, where I, I struggle with this right off the yeah. bat is I don't see MacArthur as an individual that's in this for the business, that's in this for the money. I do believe he is an individual that is God-fearing, loves the Lord, loves God's people, and is trying and is looking to shepherd God's people well. And he yeah. God has used him in the, in incredible ways yep. to impact a a whole generation. Now right? we could say that though about Robbie Zacharias. He was greatly used by the Lord. He impacted a lot of people, led mm -hmm. a lot of people to faith in Christ. And it turns out the guy was bad news. For sure. But, but, I think I, but we're looking here. We're not saying here that his heart motive was to exploit others or to mm -hmm. scam them. Right. And I think that's that's where I struggle with that word yet. Yeah. Is it, it puts MacArthur in this realm of his intention the entire time was to de to fraud to, for de to defraud you. Yeah, to, 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 that he's in it to get rich. I, I think it's fair. Listen, I find John MacArthur uh, highly annoying in his rhetoric today. I think many of his books were great. I've benefited immensely, immeasurably from so much of his preaching mm. over the years. Um, but he rubs me the wrong way in a lot of the things that he says these days and in how he approaches issues. However, uh, I am convinced with you that if he's driven by anything, I, I he really does seem to be a man driven by... Uh, a desire to know and to make known the truth. Yeah. He's a truth yep. guy. Yeah. That, I mean, so, okay, we'll get to the money thing, like th that he has money or whatever, fine. Uh, but my understanding, and this is a guy, I'm like, I'm not a fanboy of, obviously, yeah. of uh, Pastor MacArthur, but I do appreciate how he's been used and mm -hmm. how he is still used. 
I don't think that's a fair thing. They're pointing out that he makes a lot of money. So this this report then gets into the fact that, you know, he's um, he basically draws salaries from different places. Mm hmm. It says, uh, Julie reports, uh, in one year alone, MacArthur made more than 402000 for part-time work at his broadcast ministry, Grace to You, and another 103000 from the Master's University and Seminary. This was in addition to Mar MacArthur's salary from the mega church he pastors, Grace Community Church, as well as book royalties and speaking fees. And his uh, salary from the mega church is $1 million a year. I don't see that. Anywhere. No, that's not. I okay. made that up. All right. Okay, so... First of all, we don't know that these numbers are accurate, um, so whatever. But um, so he's drawing a, a, a part-time salary. You got a part-time. <laughs> no one's going to call that a part-time salary, but it is because it's part-time work. Mm -hmm. But he's paid a high salary for part-time work at Grace to You um, for being the president or whatever of Master's Seminary, and then he draws a salary from the pastor, the church that he pastors. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, some people are looking at uh, how much is made from the uh, nonprofit Grace to You ministry and are troubled by it. Uh, others wonder, well, how can he work for Grace to You and the Master Seminary and the church and derive a full salary from the church if he's not working full time at the church? I mean, how could he work full time? I mean, people have a lot of questions mm -hmm. that, that we don't have answers to, and they may be you know, legitimate questions for people to ask, especially people in his church. That's where it's appropriate. Right? Well, I, I think the only uh, the only people that I think it is appropriate is those within the church when it, as in regards to his financial income and donors to grace to you. Yeah. 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 Well, who else would it be? <laughs> well, <laughs> right? no, but, but you see in our Christian culture. Today, oh, yeah. We think we all are owed an explanation yeah. to his finances. And this is something that I, I think you and I do agree on is like, we tend to mind our business and like, we will have a thought about what other people do mm -hmm. and like, okay, well we wouldn't do it that way. Yeah. Like we, we talked about this, like MacArthur and the COVID thing. We wouldn't do it that way. We looked at Dever uh, in the Northeast. We wouldn't do it that way. Yeah. But ultimately you guys do your thing. You we're do your focus thing. On and that's just it. If, if the, if, if the board and the congregation approve it, well then, okay. And this is also part of the, uh, the issue, and I don't know, but a lot of churches don't have any say in the budget of a church. Um, a lot of a lot of churches, especially non-denominational uh, churches, they uh, the budget is passed by a very small group of people, and then the details of the budget are not shared with the congregation at all. So then, I think for those individuals, then they have a right to ask. Yeah, you can ask. They and should ask. If frankly, if I was a part of a church that wouldn't disclose salaries and stuff, I wouldn't be part of that. I'd church. peace out. Yeah. And so I, like I have no, I, so, okay. I know people have been asked, talking about like, okay, he's, he's pulling in this lucrative part-time salary from multiple, you know, two places and then a full-time salary from another. Well, I, I don't mind it. I, I really don't mind that because if that's the agreement that they made, I wouldn't make that agreement. If I was on that board, I would not make that agreement. I would not allow it, but if they're allowing it, and again, I'm also going about it like I, I believe that there's trans I, that I believe there should be transparency, right, totally right. Transparency. Then. OK. And I think like, first of all, I know you. Um, <laughs> how do I say this? You. At least this is what I think of you. Mm. Um, Are you about to say the rich all stick together? Well, now I am. You, that's what you're going to uh, try to say. All you fat cats <laughs> with your private jets and your Bugalinis or whatever those cars are that you guys drive. No. Um, what I was going to say is, is 
uh, you know, you work for a, a large company, mm -hmm. a successful company, and uh, and you also give a lot of your time to serve the church, and so you draw a very modest part-time salary from the church. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think you're the kind of person though who, if um, let's just say you were full-time at a church and you were, in fact, I know this is true because you've done this. Um, if, if you didn't need to, to draw a full salary from the church, you simply wouldn't. Yeah. You, you, you would say like, I, I only, I'm going to give this much time and therefore I'm not going to draw a full salary. Whereas, so I think this is where some people are, are like, well, how, how does it all work? So if we take it piece by piece, I don't know what the church is paying uh, John MacArthur, but I, first of all, to live in California, it's expensive. You're, you're going to get paid a lot more to pastor in California where he pastors than you are in Ohio. And he should be paid a lot more. Mm -hmm. Also, um, you're, you're, you're going to be paid more based on not only where you live, but also how long you've been in ministry. Mm -hmm. um, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of factors. And so and, and our, our practice at Redeemer has been we want to be able to pay our pastors what is the, basically like the, the income that it requires to live here and, and to live normally, you know, not to live extravagantly, uh, but to be just a part of the culture, to live generously like everybody else here. That's, that's kind of how we've done it at Redeemer. Um, and we don't fault anybody if they happen to make a lot of money. We actually celebrate that. Like, wow, that's great. You can be generous with others. Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. always a good thing. So I know like that's one issue that people tend to get tied up on. But what about the issue of, Okay, so there, like for example, um, do you believe that a pastor, regardless of what he makes, mm -hmm. should live right among the people that he ministers to? Yeah, I've, I've said that all along. I do believe a pastor should live in the same community as as, as the people, as the congregation. You know, I knew of one pastor that uh, in Port Al in in British Columbia. Uh, instead of living in Port Alberni, lived over the hump, which is like you have to, like a mountain, got to go over the mountain. But not a mountain. It wasn't big enough, so you just called it a hump. Uh, yeah, it was pretty good. It was oh. good. It was, it was a nice it was size. A it was a nice size hump. Oh, yeah. it was a big hump. Okay. <laughs> it was a big hump. Yeah. Quite large. Uh, coming off up Mount Aerosmith. But anyways, um, down past Coombs, and and that's where they live. It, it, good. 40 something minutes, you know, 45 minutes away. Uh, and now you might say, okay, that distance doesn't sound, you know, 45 minutes, but it's a completely different community. Mm. It's a completely different community to, to the people of Port Alberni. Yeah. And I remember talking with them and just saying, I don't understand why you wouldn't want to live in the community that you're, that you're preaching to, that you're serving, yeah. that you're, you're ministering to. Now he also has a lot of baggage. Um, and I say has, cause I don't think he's ever dealt with it. Um, in the sense of like, why should I give up where I live when they might hurt me later? Kind of a thing, yeah, right? Yeah. The mentality was like, why, why should I be there? You right. know, I should be, I'll just, I'll just fly in, fly out kind of an uh, yeah. idea. So no, I, I absolutely agree that, uh, a pastor should live within the community that they're, they're ministering to. Now, what does that then mean though, for a mega church? A mega church that draws and has multiple campuses right. that draws from all around. What does that then mean for them? Right, because it, it's different. Yeah, because you're going to when you're, the larger. Because let's just say you've got like okay, you're going to have super wealthy and you're going to have poor in the same congregation. Mm -hmm. um, so where do you live? 
and I, I, I think that's, you know, it's not as cut and dry and easy. Everybody wants to make everything super easy. And when I think everyone looks at the John, uh, John Piper model, that's what I wanted to right? bring up. Everyone looks at the John Piper model and, and looks at that and says, that's the standard. Well, that's not the standard, right? That's not the standard for the rest. And I would actually argue it's done damage. Uh, uh, it's done damage. Um, mm, you're gonna walk I know. This, uh, How am I going to walk this mm -hmm. line? You know? Uh, it's not as cut and dry, I think, as people think. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I don't think. Uh, well, first of all, let's just say this. Uh, this is part of the problem: is you have two big examples, right? On the one hand, you've got John Piper, who um, is easily as big as John MacArthur, in, in, in at least in terms of the popular Christian consciousness, and um, you know, both write a lot of books, mm -hmm. both are widely read, both run parachurch or ran parachurch organizations organizations and both pastored large churches. Yeah. The difference is uh, John Piper didn't take a salary at all from the nonprofit. John Piper didn't take any royalties from his books. Mm -hmm. He only took a modest salary from Bethlehem. Yeah. yeah and and, and homeboy he, lived in the hood. He, yeah, he lived in the hood. Were we at his house together? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, listen, we're laughing because it's awesome, but it was like, I mean, yeah. it's the hood. And, and again, I mean, it, he's a very humble man. Yep. Loves the Lord. Both of these men love the Lord. Yeah. Right. Um, but that makes it hard because you look, oh, so he did this. And, and that that's what I mean by the damage. The damage, uh, one of the reasons what I mean by the damage is I think the Christian culture has looked at that and place that upon the pastorate yeah and like that's well, not john's fault that's not john's right. fault no no no. that's not john's fault but we've taken that example and i think i think there are a number of pastors out there that are underpaid oh, now yeah. some of them legitimately because the church cannot afford it right and if they could i've been there they would pay yeah you've right? been there yeah. i've been there but i think for some of them there is that sense of like and, and it's weird for pastors too like how do you ask for that pay raise I know. how do you ask for that I mean, it, it, it's incredibly awkward. That's why it's really important for pastors to have friends and have people that they can talk to because otherwise pastors get ran over when it comes to finances um, because they're too afraid of looking like they're money grubbing. Yep. And there are a and lot of churches. that's sad to me. Especially, and I'll just, because I'll speak from our tribe, Baptists. A lot of Baptist churches actively try to keep their pastors humble by paying them very little and to pay them as little as possible. A lot of churches do that. And I, I and not, not for the record, let's be very clear. Redeemer Fellowship um, has always been a church that wants to honor and yeah. pay their pastors well. Pay them too much. And, uh, and well, not in my case. Uh, I'm still waiting to get into that. How many how many digits are in a million, Jimmy? Because that? that's what I, how many, is that seven? You just need to get to six. I want, oh, but I, can I get seven? <laughs> seven is the goal. But no, like, here's the thing. Like when we started Redeemer, I got paid very, very little because it was a church plant. It was a start. There, there, was yeah. no, there wasn't enough money. I could get paid a little bit and that was great. And then as soon, and I'd never, I never asked for a raise. I still never have because it just so happens that the congregation and the congregation votes on budget uh, and the leadership was like, we want to pay you what you're worth. Mm -hmm. And so that it, in, in our case, it's been easy, yeah. um, even though still it's sometimes awkward, but a lot of people can't. So let's just say so, this about, let me, let me say this about say this, John Piper. John Piper is an extreme example, like John the Baptist. John no. the Baptist is an extreme example. Extreme examples are good. They're helpful, but they aren't the norm. And you're not supposed to look at John the Baptist and go like, yeah, man, I'm going to do that. Let's all do that. Yeah. Wild locust and honey, burlap sack, crazy homeless man beard. Well, that part's okay. But the point is, is like you don't, 
You don't look at the extreme example and go, that's the norm. You go, what can I learn from this? Mm -hmm. What value, what, what can I take away from this and, and, and appreciate? Like I know for a long time, uh, Piper didn't watch hardly any TV, almost no TV, um, which is great. That's a, that's a great thing. I ain't doing that. Mm -hmm. I don't feel called to do that. So I think you're right. People latch onto an extreme example and try to make it as the most virtuous. And I, and I look at these and I, let's use this example of the pastor that's, the pastor that is pauper, right? Um, one, if you are in a church and the pastor is maybe not getting compensated what they should mm -hmm. and they're not able to take care of their family, shame on you. Yeah. Shame on you because you if, know, you, this, if you can, if you can pay them, if you can. Yeah. Because, right. you know, this individual has uh, uh, expenses. They've got. Uh, what about their savings? What about their mm. children's college fund? What about their retirement? Yep. What about their medical, <laughs> their cigar <laughs> habit? But like you, we should be looking at that. Why is it that our pastors or for some, why is it that we expect our pastors to come out of and retire and not have anything left over? Yeah. That to me is wrong. Totally. That is wrong. And I think it, it's, it's borderline. I, I think you're using the individual, wringing them out and discarding them when they're done. But now mm. for the pastor that is struggling, and won't say anything, shame on you as well. Because you should be standing up for your family and yeah. and standing up and being bold and asking for what's right. And you're allowing that to continue. And I think that's wrong. And in fact, I think it's a good point, Jimmy, because you know, like a lot of guys in that situation, I wouldn't want to bring it up. I wouldn't mm -hmm. want to say it because honestly, I don't want to look like I'm money hungry. But here's the reality. Are you money hungry? If, if you're not, then you shouldn't care. We shouldn't care what other people might think. You aren't. You're asking for what is fair. You're asking for what is yeah, right. And I like your, your thing was, um, okay, listen, if basically, if you aren't willing to do this, then how are you, how are you protecting your family? How are you not putting them at risk? Yeah. How is it not pride now at this point? That's exactly. Keeping you from doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. It, so, pride and cowardice, they come in hand in hand sometimes. So I don't, I, so look, when we're looking at this, this whole report, um, report, the, the, the article, mm -hmm. um, you know, there, I would not live like this. Here's the thing, right? As I, if I, you were a full-time pastor, if, if I was a full-time pastor and I drawing in all this salary again, I wouldn't do that. That that's me. I wouldn't do it. And again, I'm not going to sit here and question John and say where his heart motive is mm -hmm. in the midst of this, but it's not all John. That's, that's the part. It's not all John. There's a board. Yeah. And again, I'm, I would, you know, I, I would like for there to be transparency with the congregation so that they could they could be voting on that and approving that. And maybe they do. I, maybe they do. No I don't know. But that's that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, and if they have. OK, then they've made that. Just, it, it's like if you were to work at anywhere, if you were to work in any other profession, you negotiate your salary, you, neg you, you negotiate your benefits. If they agree to it, they agree to it. And if this is what's been agreed upon, then that's OK. I don't have an issue. I wouldn't pay a part-time guy if that number's true, $400,000. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. Well, but what if you were the part-time guy that established your own salary? Is it ministry? Because <laughs> I probably wouldn't do that either. <laughs> but, I, but, again, yeah. I, but again, what I would do, that's what I'm trying to get at, is I can't sit here and take what I would or wouldn't do and bind someone else's conscience. And that's the part that I'm struggling with, is that we've got this Christian culture that likes to bind everybody else. And part of this, because I think you and I say this a lot, this really isn't our business. This is not our business. Like, yeah. like, like that's, this is their business over there in California. Um, but like, so I get it. Like I 
couldn't justify owning three homes, um, especially if it's all in the same area. Like that would be weird. Now, I don't know. Here's the thing. I don't know about these three homes. Are they one home could be for his extended family. One could be a like I don't know anything about it. So it's like it's really hard to say to come down. For, like I can't come down and say like he shouldn't have these three houses because I don't know anything about it. I don't know the context. No. I don't know what he's doing with them. And I've never seen anything from him that makes me suspect him as being a man all about that filthy lucre. Mm-hmm. He's been very successful. And uh, and I'll tell you right now, um, if 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 I ran a uh, an organization. And it was ministry and I was giving time to it. I would draw a salary from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, it may not be huge. It, it, it may be bigger than something or maybe it'll be smaller. I, I don't know. But, but I wouldn't do the John Piper model. Um, I think there's great value in it. There's great dignity in it. But that's not what I would choose. So I can't sit there and then hate on MacArthur because he didn't use John Piper's model. Yeah. Well, and, and you, you talk about there about like if I was drawing it from like a ministry, right? That's why even at, for Doctrine Devotion, mm-hmm. we made very clear we're not a 501c3. We are not a nonprofit. We're not a nonprofit organization. And that was because- We're you a know, false profit organization. <laughs> because my lawyer, uh, when we were setting it up, was like, listen, you're going to come under scrutiny. And it's a lot. And there's going to be a number of unfair things that people are going to try to say because of it. And- because it be, can look shady. Because it can look shady. He's, and he also said, you know, hey, you also don't want to, in this case, blur the line of what a true 501c3 is. Right. Because there are a lot of people out there that are operating under a 501c3 that are doing ministry, doing gospel work. Uh, and that's not to say you guys aren't, you know, trying to, pro, you know, uh, spread the gospel. But it's different. And so just call it what it is. Some people abuse Nonprofits. And that we didn't want, we yeah. did want to abuse nonprofit status. Right. So at this point, um, I can honestly say uh, the only money we can generate is money to pay taxes. Uh, for, 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 yeah. For, I love, I love our silent partner that takes money every year and contributes nothing yes. to the podcast. Thank you, government. <laughs> it's awesome. So, um, so in, in one sense, like it's a good conversation to have like money and ministry, right? How much should you pay a pastor? Um, and how should we handle our money? All of those are legit questions, but I, I'm uncomfortable with taking aim at MacArthur for his alleged prosperity or, or obvious even prosperity problems. I, I don't know, but um, okay. So, and also, isn't he like 97 or something? Maybe he invested it well. I, 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 I don't, I don't know, but like I, I, I don't, I just don't have a problem with the pool and a tennis court and all that stuff. You know, it's like I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't really get it. And I'm, and listen, um, I'm, and this is good. people are going to take this the wrong way. Oh, here we Th- go. That's here all we right. go. Here we go. There's a picture of his house, mm-hmm. and it says 1.5 million dollar house in Santa Clarita. That's it. 1.5. Mm-hmm. That's not a that's not a that's not a lot of money for a, a church in California. I'm sorry, for a home in California. No, it, it's, it's not. not. <laughs> Even I know this. I know the houses I'm looking at around here. <laughs> yes, Jimmy <laughs> no, has no, been no, looking. No, 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 I'm not saying. Anything. I'm saying you've been looking, I've so been you looking. know. And like, I know that, where I'm at. I have friends. I have friends in California and who are, are not prosperous at all. And if they're gonna, the houses that are be, very expensive. That being said, one point five would get me in, I'd be a neighbor 
with uh, Donnie and oh, Donnie Jennifer Wahlberg. Donnie Wahlberg. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying. If, if, if you did, if, if you <laughs> if wanted to spend 1.5, you could move. So if you guys don't know, Donnie Wahlberg. Uh, and Jenny McCarthy. Well, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy's thinking more about Jenny McCarthy. I'm thinking more about Donnie Wahlberg. But uh, Donnie, first of all, I do love her work. In oh, really? The in what? In the, oh, the Masked Singer. Okay. What? Well, I didn't know what you were going to say. I just told you. Yeah, but you, you were leading up to it. It could have been a lot of things. She's done a lot of work in other... She has a, a body of work, you could say. Oh, my you know? God. Joey. And so I don't know what you're Joey. referring to. The point it. is that yeah, Donnie lives here in St. Charles. <laughs> and so I can go ahead and go live by him. Yeah. I can go live by him. And uh, and I'll tell you this. Uh, I'm not 1. doing 1.5 here is a whole lot more than 1.5 in California. Exactly. So, so that's what like, I was... I was like. That's it. Like, okay. See, right. I think people look at the price and that's what they think. To most people, that's an obscene amount of money, right? When they think of 1.5. Yeah. It is. Like most, no, it is. Your average, like, blue collar guy, 1.5. Average house in St. Charles, I think, is under 300,000. Average house. Average house? Yep. Under 300? Yep. Wrong. Okay, I'm going to look it up right now. You look it up. Because I just looked it up. That's wrong, yo. Nah, it's about four, 450. Want to bet? What you ain't got? You got the money to bet. We don't pay you. I'll enough. bet you one point five dollars. <laughs> Average house in St. Charles. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Six zero one seven four. That's our zip code here. Oh, hold on, hold on. Now that's St. Charles. Okay, but you still got you still got Wayne. Well, that's not St. Charles. It's St. It, you know it's not St. Charles. Charles. Anyways, that's so, where the <laughs> yeah I know yeah. Once you go out into the big properties where the that, horses are, it yeah. goes up. But the so average. So what's yours out in? Hampton. I'm 601751. Okay, so 601. No. Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, okay, so uh, here let's we do go. 60174. All right, so it says, uh, pa, pa, pa. Uh -huh. here we go. Median real estate property taxes in 2019 were 7,000. Um, Ooh, I'm in line. <laughs> okay. Um, must be nice. Uh, <laughs> I, my house is pretty modest. <laughs> it's the house I grew up in. All right, so population. Uh, oh, it's, let's see, it's 84. Oh, it's changed. 84.7% mm. white, 10% Hispanic or Latino, 2%, 2.6% Asian, 1.3% black. All right, all right, here we go. Uh, estimated median house condo value. They're putting those together for some reason. In 2019, it's up 311. It used to be, it used to be two something. So now mm. it's 311. Uh, in Illinois, the average is 209. And so it's, it's, so it's almost 100,000 more just to live in St. Charles versus other parts of Illinois. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. that, that sort of tells you, right? If the average house is 300,000, when somebody says 1.5, you're like, what the heck? How does that work? Yeah, I just went and Googled. Santa Clarita's housing expenses are 170% higher than the national average. <laughs> and the utility prices are 8% higher than the national average. Transportation expenses like bus, uh, fares, gas prices, 31% higher than the national average. And has grocery prices that are twelve percent higher than a national average. Yikes! So, my question is, um, what is the average? It says the average house median home price. This is medium home price uh, for Santa Clarita, California, is uh, just over seven hundred fifty thousand. Yeah. <laughs> you see there's a difference in where you live it makes a difference mm-hmm mm -hmm. all right so uh jimmy you got uh is john macarthur a false teacher who's in it for the money no is I, he a I, hypocrite I, for making a lot of money for, for making a lot of money yeah. no is he a hypocrite for calling out false teachers who make a lot of money no okay so i agree 
We're on the same page. We're on the same page. I thought we'd be, I thought you'd go against me about the, I don't care, like about the, uh, if you went part-time and was getting that kind of salary. Well, it's up, it's up to the individual, right? It's up to the organization. It's individual and the that. organization. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If they're going to, if it's a pre, pre, you know, pre agreed upon, then that's, hey, like, you know, whatever. I wouldn't make that. If I was on the board, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't allow it. No. Be like, unless you were the board and then you were just discerning your own salary. Is that what's happening there? I, I have no idea. I don't know I, how it I works. Know, I, don't I, don't know, I doubt it. I just, there's got to be a board. There's too many legal questions, I think, at that point, if there's just one guy running Oh, yeah, the you can't. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Or just like family and stuff on there, family and friends on it. Yeah. You can't do that. All right. Doesn't mean everything in the report is wrong or bad. It, it, uh, we certainly don't think it's fair in, in general. But um, yeah, that's where we're at. This, this, you guys wanted our take. That's our hot take. And uh, you don't like it? That's okay. I don't care. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You can follow Unless us online on Instagram hard. and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head to the website, DoctrineVotion.com. They can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast here at the store, JoFoStore.com and grab some gear. We got Fresh Pot every Monday and Thursday. We got Mm -hmm. some blog posts and video content. Filthy Lucre. We've also got that exclusive all access banter of truth yeah. and weekday wisdom. Some good. You guys are missing out on that. <laughs> we got some good stuff and some good great stuff. interviews coming up. Oh, DrVotion.com slash all access. Later. <laughs> <laughs>